The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My beginning had been as a poet and as a fiction writer. So at some point, I went deeper into that calling, and I ended up writing a book called Take Wing and Fly Here, a novel that's set in the world of birding. And that came out, and there was a great response. And meanwhile, my life as a naturalist was deepening, and, and I was feeling that I hadn't really told a story of how I fell in love with birds. And I started to write these essays addressing that. And I think by this point, I, I really felt like a multilingual artist because I had been working in film and I had been working in fiction and I had been doing literary criticism. And so it didn't feel like a far stretch to write a nonfiction book. What it felt like is storytelling is storytelling. And if you learn the language of um, a medium, whether it's film or fiction or nonfiction, there is a story that lends itself better to one particular medium. And I felt like uh, it was kind of exciting in a way to be working in all these different mediums. And welcome back to The Writer Files. This is your humble host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Award-winning author and filmmaker Priyanka Kumar spoke to me about the language of cinema, her Zen leanings, returning to the solace of nature, and her latest conversations with birds. Priyanka is a graduate of the University of Southern California School of Cinematic Arts and an alumna of the Breadloaf Writers Conference. She is also the award-winning writer director and producer of the feature documentary, The Song of the Little Road, starring Martin Scorsese and Ravi Shankar. Her latest is Conversations with Birds, a publisher's weekly top 10 nonfiction book for fall 2022, a bookshop.org read outside the Big Five selection, and an Apple November Best Books of the Month, and has been described in the Kirkus Star Review as an eloquent depiction of how birding engenders a deep love of our ecosystems and a more profound understanding of ourselves. Priyanka's debut novel, Take Wing and Fly Here, was published in 2013 to critical acclaim, and her essays and criticism have appeared in the New York Times, Washington Post, the LA Review of Books, and many others. In this file, Priyanka and I discussed how to find the perfect cover art, growing up in the most biodiverse part of the world, while we face unprecedented distraction, 
the importance of birdsong, how technology rewires our creative spirit, why you need to replace your insipid lawn, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. Okay, we are back on The Writer Files, and I am honored today to be joined by award-winning filmmaker and author, Priyanka Kumar is joining us. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. Thank you, Kelton. I can't wait to pick your brain about all things writing and, of course, this lauded new uh, book of yours. And yeah, um, but as we do with so many authors, uh, take us back a little bit and talk some about your superhero origins as a writer, because I understand, um, you know, that as a a filmmaker, you kind of had a, a different had different plans, maybe for your life and career early on. But yeah, talk talk kind of about, about your journey to this uh, fantastic um, book, Conversations with Birds. Sure, uh, I started writing at a very young age without really thinking about it. I think I was about ten when I won a poetry competition, and that was the first time I remember being cognizant of the fact that I was writing not just for myself, but for an audience. And so throughout my teenage years, I was writing short stories and essays and, you know, publishing them in newspapers and journals. Um, And still, I I didn't think of myself as a writer. You know, I I thought I was going to study international relations, which which was what I did at the University of Toronto. Uh, but but the writing really persisted. I found myself uh, writing novels and, and essays, and it was just something that never went away until people started to read my work and, and, and give me some feedback. And um, at one point, um, a professor at the University of Toronto asked me if she could use uh, a chapter of a book I had written for an anthology for international literature. And the book wasn't even published yet. And that was the first time I really paused um, and wondered whether I could really make a life as a writer. And I think that was a that was a transformative moment for me to to have an esteemed professor who was teaching Chaucer. To come to me and ask if if I if she could use a chapter of my unpublished book for uh, an anthology for a class that she was teaching, and and in some ways that really changed the way I was thinking about this writing I had been doing since um, the age of you know eight or nine, and and I I was in my I was about twenty at the point when this um, professor asked me this question and. And I thought, well, maybe, just maybe, I could make a life as a writer. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, I mean, as a storyteller in different mediums, including um, documentary filmmaking and fiction, yeah, I mean, how, how, talk kind of like maybe about the evolution from, you know, I understand that you made a, um, 
an award-winning documentary starring Martin Scorsese and Ravi Shankar, of all people, um, which, you know, in and of itself seems like kind of a, you know, kind of would have led you down the road to, to you know, more film, filmmaking as opposed to, you know, a, a nonfiction book about kind of uh, your life as a naturalist and, and kind of reconnecting with nature. Sure. And uh, again, there was a moment at University of um, Toronto, I was taking a, a course um, in which for some strange reason, uh, a professor showed us Star Wars, uh, which, you know, having grown up in, in India, I actually, I don't believe I'd seen the film before and um, showed it to us on the big screen. And I was really struck and overwhelmed by the power of the imagery and storytelling there. I started to think about that and I thought, well, film is really the medium for my generation. And so I um, applied to go to film school and got into the University of Southern California, where I did my master's in film directing. And it was fabulous in a way to, to become conversant with uh, a, a new language, the language of filmmaking. And after I graduated, um, I made a documentary about um, Satyajit Ray, a filmmaker who won um, the honorary Oscar for Lifetime Achievement, and his work had greatly moved me. And I felt that it, his storytelling had a timeless quality that also transcended cultural barriers. And I wondered how he did that. And so I decided to um, interview uh, people like uh, Scorsese, who was deeply influenced by Ray's work, and also Ravi Shankar, who uh, composed the music for uh, Ray's films. And so I, I wandered into this, um, I would say, incredibly exciting world of um, making documentary films. Um, and that was gratifying in its own way. But um, I, I certainly faced barriers as as a um, a woman, a woman who was perceived as being a foreigner. Um, and I, I think I was also missing the poetry of prose writing. So, and my, my beginning had been as a poet and a, as a fiction writer. So at some point I went deeper into that calling and I ended up writing a book called Take Wing and Fly Here, a novel that's set in the world of birding. And that came out and there was a great response. And meanwhile, my life as a naturalist was deepening. And, and I was feeling that I hadn't really told a story of how I fell in love with birds. Um, and I started to write these essays addressing that. And I think by this point, I, I really felt like a multilingual artist because I had been working in film and I had been working in fiction and I had been doing literary criticism. And so it didn't feel like a far stretch to write a nonfiction book. What it felt like is storytelling is storytelling. And if you learn the language of um, a medium, whether it's film or fiction or nonfiction, there is a story that lends itself better to one particular medium. And I felt like uh, it was kind of exciting in a way to be working in all these different mediums.
And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, congrats on the work. Of course, Conversations with Birds. Really a beautiful cover, I thought. I mean, it was kind of stunning. Thank you. Um, how did you feel about the... Uh, <laughs> the cover i mean it's like i mean if i could describe it it's kind of got like gold foil, foil. Gold yeah foil. thank you yeah. uh around <laughs> the edges it just really pops I, I you know you don't see a lot of covers that um are that ornate yeah and and that gold but that gold foil uh was meant to honor the place where i grew up which is assam uh in northeastern india and uh that is actually a motif that the cover artist took from uh, some Assamese uh, textiles. And I am so grateful for this uh, cover to Mary Austin Speaker, who was the, who's the cover artist. And um, she began to read the book. And I think she felt that, or the way that she expressed it to me is that she thought that this this was a book that was going to be around for a really long time because it addresses what's going on uh, in the in the natural world today um, and addresses not not just biodiversity loss um, but also the joy and beauty of encountering birds. Uh, and she really wanted to make a cover or design a cover that she felt did justice to what the book was doing. Um, and I was, I have to be honest, I was staggered by the beauty of this cover. And um, it really took my breath away early on uh, that, that, that this artist had such enthusiasm and faith in my book. And um, that, that touched me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really a great story actually because uh yeah you don't i mean you don't hear you don't hear a story like that very often about um just you know something that could be considered so simple and obviously it's not these covers that convey a, a very specific message often but um 
a unique story and kind of uh, matches the the pros in a way. But uh, congrats on the reception. Um, the reviews have been amazing. Your peers have come out and said some really sweet things. It was named top 10 nonfiction book for fall 2022 by Publishers Weekly and many others. And uh, oh, Apple named it November's best books of the month. And I'll just read a, a little blurb here. This isn't just a book about birds. It's a look at the joy and curiosity we feel when we build connections with the natural world. With gorgeously descriptive language, uh, Kumar shares her fascinating discoveries about birds and uses them as a gateway to explore topics like climate change, racism, and spirituality. And um, yeah, you must, be, you must be feeling pretty good about the reception now that uh, your baby is out in the world. <laughs> Um, I am. And um, thank you for that. And I'm also um, finding myself going back to um, some of my Zen roots and uh, focusing on breathing. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 and really um, having a slow mind, really uh, being present in this moment. And um, and being grateful for this um, this incredible reception. Yeah, yeah, it's got to feel pretty good. Well, as you mentioned, um, you've kind of described it as like the poetry of biodiversity, helping to really, as you mentioned, kind of remedy this tech overload that we're all all suffering from. I think um, you know, as you mentioned, it it's a very timely book. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd love to go back to kind of, obviously the, the book itself tells this story about your own relationship with nature and, and, you know, coming, having come from Los Angeles and then found yourself kind of seemingly feeling some isolation in, um, I think Santa Cruz, right? Right. And spending time in the nature preserves there, which I have done myself. Um, it mm-hmm. is, it, the UCSC campus itself is just like gorgeous and beautiful and kind of uh um really really uh green verdant and um of course then you've got as you mentioned the um those nature preserves and the marshes and and just so much biodiversity but yeah talk a little bit about about the uh the genesis of the conversation that that you've started here sure um you know i i was uh fortunate to grow up in an area in India that is considered today to be one of um, among the top 20 uh, biodiversity hotspots on the planet. And of course, as a child, uh, I just loved every moment of it um, without knowing how fortunate it was or, or, or without knowing that this was uh, quite unusual. And uh, so when I moved, uh, eventually as a teenager, when I moved to Toronto, I experienced um, the loss of that connection with nature as a profound loss. Um, and it's true what you're saying, Kelton, that uh, the later when I was, uh, I was teaching at UC Santa Cruz, the, the campus is quite verdant. Um, and yet, I, it really nagged me that that I, I I couldn't form that 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 deep connection with the natural world that that I'd had as a child. And so I really started exploring 
the periphery of uh, Santa Cruz and the rest of California. And I was hiking and backpacking um, and trying to find my way back into the natural world um, and was a little bit frustrated that I couldn't. Um, and it wasn't until I, I, I took a, um, an, a, an unplanned a bird walk in the Elkhorn Slough, which is about half hour from Santa Cruz, and um, saw a long-billed curlew, which is a prehistoric-looking bird with a nine-inch bill. Uh, and I got lost in the beauty and mystery of that world, of, of that bird. It wasn't until that moment that I felt um, that a door cracked open for me to experience the natural world. And I certainly took that opening and went in and uh, fell in love with birds of all stripes and colors and feathers. And um, it just became something that was so impactful in in my life, in my spiritual and artistic life. And eventually, I thought that I might share it with other people. Uh, we are living in a time of crisis, not just biodiversity loss, but also mental health crisis, where we're surrounded by unprecedented level of distraction. And um, I felt that this way of entering nature and looking at birds, perhaps it would open a doorway for other people um, to go in there, develop a relationship with the natural world, and maybe consciously move away from this tech overload, the device-filled lives that are really uh, taking over at this point. I mean, whether we're grown-ups or, or kids, uh, it's incredible how little we're actually talking about it. Um, scientists know that the way we use social media, it's rewiring our brains. And um, I mean, I wonder what it does to us as, as human beings, as writers, and um, so in addition to exploring uh, the beauty of birds and biodiversity loss, um, this mental health issue is something that I, I touch upon maybe, maybe more obliquely in the book and uh, maybe more directly in the conversations that I'm having now um, after the book's been released. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It really seems like, you know, I mean, part of the takeaway, as you mentioned, you know, this kind of consent, these concentric circles of crises that we're dealing with, uh, not only from climate change and, uh, of course, this rather uh, fragmented and divisive time in our culture is, it is, as you put it, um, incredibly distracting. And, and it does feel at times like our brains are wired by our tech overlords <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to our detriment um but yeah uh reconnecting uh or you know at least 
the idea of reversing environmental damage by, you know, kind of returning to a connection and a joy of, you know, spending time in nature. Um, yeah, it, it really makes sense that, of course, birds are something that probably many of us take for granted. And then, you know, as you had kind of mentioned, like it, it isn't really just about uh, birding, at least checking off, you know, birds on a checklist. It really is more about kind of um, understanding this uh, complex world that we live in and our connection to it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think birds really invite us to be there in the landscape. For me, um, I don't think I was ever attracted to that checklist idea. Um, I really love to be out there and be able to pause and um, just kind of blend into the landscape so that the birds aren't aware of my presence at some level. And um, I just like to observe um, their beauty, but also their behavior. And that's quite gratifying, even seeing um, something like uh, I was hiking along the Continental Divide Trail and um, was looking for the Western Tanager, uh, which is one of my favorites, uh, but came upon a family of uh, three-toed woodpeckers. And the, uh, the parents were there and uh, kind of uh, pecking away like uh, industrious carpenters. And uh, then there was this little chick and the parents noticed me and uh, immediately signaled to the chick to get back in the nest, which it did. And then the parents went on with their day, like, um, uh, you know, and, and I just stood there observing them, but also experiencing the beauty of, uh, you know, some of the old growth trees around me um, and really feeling a part of this landscape, which which we all are, and we forget that we become so uh, isolated in in the lives that we're living, almost living in in, in cubicles, um, you know, with all these devices plugged plugged to ourselves almost, and uh, and we forget that um, you know we're we're in a sense we're part of the animal world, and. Uh, and that world is there for us. And so I felt like there was a fascinating parallel between um, how our consciousness is so fragmented today because of the way in which we're using and misusing technology. And um, the natural world is terribly fragmented. And, uh, you know, the birds and other wild animals are suffering because they don't have uh, the whole ecosystems that they need to thrive in. So I felt that there's some connection um, here and, and being conscious of that connection um, feels terribly important somehow in this moment. And, and so that's uh, certainly something I, I wanted to highlight in the book. Yeah, 100%. I found your message about uh transforming our ecologically insipid lawns um <laughs> and growing pollinator habitat instead uh, an important one but um but really if you think about it i mean with the amount of uh drought that we are experiencing especially in like the southwest right i mean my goodness like it, that makes more sense to me than anything it always has I've, i never understood the uh amount of like sod and grass in in like Las Vegas, Nevada, like 
how is that, you know, how is that possible? Like, what, what is the point of that? <laughs> the amount of water yeah. required. I mean, we've been in uh, what scientists are now calling a mega drought in the Southwest since uh, 2000. So it's been over two decades now. Huh. And um, it's amazing to me sometimes that, you know, that we can just kind of go on living, thinking that this, this, the state can, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously not sustainable, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like there's, uh, there's a lot that we can do even just at a personal level. I, I like to get my hands in the soil and, um, you know, grow uh, a lot of drought resistant or, or xeric plants uh, like penstemons for hummingbirds. And it's so gratifying to grow these. Uh, these are perennials. And you see um, birds like the, the Rufus hummingbird, which recently landed on a list of uh, tipping point species. These are species that have lost a significant percentage of populations and, you know, may well uh, move towards the brink of extinction if nothing is done. But I think that we can all play our role. I think that urban habitat can be a game changer. So yeah, instead of these insipid lawns, if we, um, you know, if we grow, flowers like uh, penstemons and uh, many, many other ones. Um, and it's, you know, the the perennial sunflowers, for instance, uh, are, are wonderful food when the, when the seed dries up for goldfinches. It's so gratifying to have these birds uh, and the goldfinches are, you know, I, I have, you know, hundreds of sunflowers in my garden. And it's, it's gratifying to see the goldfinches. And uh, now when it's getting cold and, you know, there's not much action in terms of color, but the goldfinches are there nibbling away every day at the sunflower heads. So, um, and that kind of gets me out of uh, anything that, you know, my everyday life and and just experience the lives of these beautiful creatures. So I, I think it's it's certainly it's certainly a gift that that these birds are giving us. and and it's it's up to us to honor that gift. Uh, and to grow more bird habitat. And the beauty of it can be so transformative that, yeah, those um, those lawns, as they say, kill your lawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's an important message. And, you know, I could probably pick your brain all day about the content and the message behind the book, but we really didn't get a chance to touch on your kind of your writing process and kind of the, the process that went into this book. How long do you, would you say that it took you to put together um, this collection as a whole, or you know, or when did you feel like it was completed? You know, I would say that um, around maybe uh, 2015 or so, I started to write a couple of the essays that are in this collection, and I know one was uh, published in the Los Angeles Review of Books, and there was some incredible feedback. There was a publisher at Ray Wolf, who told me that this essay I wrote about a bobcat, she couldn't get it out of her head. And um, and I thought, well, maybe there's something there since she reads a lot. Um, and, and so she suggested that I um, connect with a different publisher. And so it wasn't, it wasn't really until 
I would say the summer of uh, 2019 that I started to seriously work on on the essays. So it, it would it took me uh, a good year and a half uh, to write the 20 essays in this book, and a lot of that happened during the pandemic. And speaking of writing process, I I before the pandemic, I I liked to you know I liked to kind of work at my desk, but also uh, go to a favorite cafe and and do a bit of work there. I like the energy of that. And with the pandemic, all that came to uh, a, a very quick close. And I, I wondered what that would do to me as a writer, because it was a, it was an important part of my my routine <laughs> to go to a certain cafe and work there. And interestingly, I I I, I settled in more at my desk. I think I ended up being more uh, more prolific and going deeper into my work. So, um, and I, I rarely go to a cafe anymore. It's very strange how how the pandemic has changed us. Um, but but yeah, it I would say it took a good year and a half to write these essays, um, and and then of course um, I was I was done around the very end of twenty twenty, and then there's the process of editing and and getting a book out so yeah and, and i find myself in fall of 2022 <laughs> seems a little surprising are you uh working on anything presently are you returning to your roots in fiction or are you, or are you working on more nonfiction? um both thank you for asking that um for about the last five years i've been working on uh trilogy that's a fiction uh, trilogy that's set in independent India that tells um, the story of independent India, uh, you know, post-1947 through to the 1990s. It tells the story of two families whose lives intertwine. And so uh, I'm working on that trilogy. And then uh, on the nonfiction end, I'm working on a book called the Light Between Apple Trees, which has to do with my love of wild fruit trees. Um, and, and that and that love also deepened during the pandemic. So I, I think the pandemic has changed me <laughs> in significant ways. Hmm. Very nice. Um, well, we will look for those, of course. And um, quick fun one before we wrap up here with your advice to your fellow scribes. If you could have dinner with any author from any era, uh, who would you take and where would you take them? Wow. Okay. Um, I think Tolstoy, I, I hope that doesn't sound like a fusty answer. <laughs> and, um, I know that he preferred tea to coffee. So I would, uh, I would take him to, um, a place called Chocolate Maven. Mm. in Santa Fe, which does an excellent high tea. Um, so a high tea and pastries. <laughs> Did you say dinner? <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> I think in a pinch they might serve a meal too. You can have it. You can have it delivered. We have DoorDash. We can bring you whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I mean, I think because Tolstoy was also working in different mediums. Um, of course, he's known uh, for his fiction, but uh, I have a wonderfully old book of letters that he wrote, which to me just reads like a nonfiction book. Uh, so there's a lot of philosophy. He was a philosopher as well. And then, of course, at the end of his life, he 
uh, in a way disallowed his fiction. He he didn't think that it was um, terribly important or meaningful, and he instead uh, focused on his spiritual life. And so I think there's a lot of interesting tension there. And uh, I would just be sipping tea and having pastries and uh, asking him some hard questions. Well, to be a fly on the wall for that would be pretty, pretty fascinating. I uh, would like to wrap up with your advice to your fellow scribes on just how to persevere um, during these highly strange times. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I would come back to uh, what I touched on briefly uh, during our conversation, uh, which is to cultivate a a slow mind. Um, And I think that's, uh, I say that in the best sense of the term. Um, uh, Someone actually asked Wendell Berry um, if, if he ever thought of becoming a lawyer, and they asked him that because his dad was a lawyer and his brother was a lawyer, and he said, uh, you know, no, I didn't. They had really fast minds, and and they could, you know, think on their feet. And and I had I had a slow mind, and and I think you need a slow mind to be a writer to to go into that really contemplative, poetic space. And I feel that um, everything in this hyper-modern, hyper-connected lives that we live um, takes us away from that. So I think as writers, we have to we have to fight that tendency to be out there, um, and instead we have to go in there and uh, drink some tea and be philosophical. And we think of ourselves as poets. I love it. That is a uh, really, really apropos way to wrap up here. Um, I thank you for your words and your wisdom. Of course, I will point at your home base there, priyankakumar.com. And the book is Conversations with Birds, described as an eloquent depiction of how birding engenders a deep love of our ecosystems and a more profound understanding of ourselves um that's in a kirkus starred review congrats on the work please come back wrap with us in the future and we wish you uh the best of luck moving into the uh a slower future (laughs) thank you so much this was a pleasure thanks so much for joining us for this file and if you're a fan of the show simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more that's writerfiles.fm Dot FM.